0: Netcasts you love
1: From people you trust
0: This This is TWIT Bandwidth for Triangulation is brought to you by CashFly At C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com This is Triangulation With Tom Merritt and Leo Laporte Episode 11 Recorded April 20th 2011, Tim Posar and Community Broadband. Triangulation is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to Squarespace.com Triangulation, and be sure to check out their annual plans for savings of up to 20% off. It's time for Triangulation. I'm here. Tom Merritt is here. Welcome, Tom. This is the show Hello. where... Tom and I uh, sit around with somebody of interest and interview them. It's just that simple. Three sides of a triangle. Yes. And the third side today is a good friend, an old friend named Tim Posar. I've known Tim for many years. He's a broadcast, was a broadcast engineer, an internet guru. Uh, he and I uh, did bulletin boards on the internet in the early 80s. I think you were the one who showed me how to do a bulletin board.
1: Possibly. Yeah. And then... Uh, it- that's vague. Big. big history. It's so know. long ago yeah. now. We don't remember. <laughs> Who did what?
0: But uh, Tim has made it quite a name for himself uh, as uh, an advocate for community internet. That's really the main reason we wanted to get you on here. Thank you
1: community you, broadband. Committee specifically, broadband. we're yeah. um, there, there's a distinction between internet and broadband, and we have to we have to make sure that that is clear. We ain't talking dial-up. <clears throat> well, no, no, no. We're we're talking about can we, uh, can we put, a, well, actually, um, Bob sort of touched on this a little bit earlier. Bob Frankston. Bob Frankston, yeah. is that the, 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 the broadband that you can connect between your neighbor's house, the, the person across the street, the person down the street, maybe across the city, can you own that? Can you uh, make that much cheaper than what it is right now? and, and For instance, if I want to connect to Comcast, and I want to uh, connect to, uh, to Leo, and I I'm, I'm say I'm next door, why do I, my packets all have to go all the way down to San Jose to get back to, to Leo? Well,
0: and, and, and really, you're on as, almost as a follow-up to Bob Frankston, yeah. uh, because he raised this very interesting idea that, uh, well, his premises were, there, there was a lot of it, but premise number one was that the companies, the incumbents who own all the copper in the ground right now, I don't know if I fully believe this, are anxious to get rid of it. They want to get out of that business. There's an opportunity, therefore, for communities that can value the copper more than these companies do. Maybe right. the companies are moving to fiber. Maybe they want to be content creators. Maybe they just think the internet business is going to be a bad business. Yeah, uh, The community can then take it over, whether through an in- eminent in- in- domain or buying it and create their own internets and the community will get much more value out of that copper than this than Comcast or anybody else ever would. Is that
1: is that a sensible premise? Well certainly the, the first point that he has is whether the the existing owners quote unquote of that uh, and Bob makes an interesting point that that right away really should be the cities or the community They do or it by
0: license with the city.
1: <clears throat> right. And, the, and it's, it's been somewhat fuzzy in the fact that there's been 100 years or 150 years or whatever of of these paths have been dedicated to uh, the R box, the, the the main telephone companies, Reshell
0: Bell operating companies. Right,
1: so they are definitely interested in dumping this stuff. Um, they're dumping they're dumping it for a number of reasons. One is they have a very limited life on 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 this copper at this point. It takes a lot to maintain that. Fiber has come in really has you know hundreds of times, well billions of times. More bandwidth than what a copper pair can do. On top of that, it it really doesn't scale. Um, It's also infrastructure that. Why should they go out and try to maintain when then they can just pull one piece of fiber and really sort of take care of a community? Right. And this is what they're doing with Uverse at this point.
0: And it's what Verizon's doing with, I presume, with Fios. Fios,
1: yes. Uh, although what, that's really, Mitch, that's pretty much fiber pretty much all the way into the house uh, with Fios. Interesting. Um, but the Uverse is fiber to the neighborhood, and then what they do is the they copper. take that existing copper, yeah. snip it, and then tie it to that B box or that, that uh, telephone box that you see on the sidewalk.
0: That is, by the way, one of the nefarious things that Verizon seems to do when they put Fios in a neighborhood. Uh, they often snip the copper, the lines that they claim they own because they laid them down for the
1: phone. Right. Well, there's, there's a point to that and, and why another reason why they're doing that. And the, the other reason that they're sort of wanting to abandon the copper infrastructure is they had to open it up. They had to open up to competitive companies, you know, Celex. Ah. And so, why go out and continue to maintain this infrastructure for the competition? For some other guy. So right. why not just go ahead and pull copper in, snip the copper, or just pull fiber in, snip the copper, tie that to the fiber, and this way they don't have to let third parties attach, you know, or use that infrastructure. In fact, there's no uh, regulations that provide any third-party access to That's that. That's interesting. Huh. So they've totally sort of bypassed these sort of. Uh, the, the judge's orders on, on creating this this competition at this right.
0: point. You started a, um, a low-cost uh, ISP, the Little Garden. How long ago was that?
1: It was like 90, I guess, or something like that. It was originally, it was, it was a hack. It was, it was meant to be a way for us to be able to connect to the Internet. And
0: cause <laughs> we were... This was early days. Uh, I mean, th- this was before there was really a... A, a public internet in that sense. Yeah, the
1: National Science Foundation was running the backbone at that right. point. And in and fact, could, I had to I had to get permission <laughs> from the National Science Foundation to have my packets transit over their backbone. So I have a letter. I have to dig it up someplace that actually has approval because I had to You're
2: allowed to go on the internet.
1: I'm allowed to go on the internet. National Science. Yes. Foundation. Yeah, you
2: you couldn't do commercial uh right. You I had to fit put commercials.
1: Their, fit their appropriate use policies and such. So, wow. um and you were doing this who else was was there's uh, uh, John Gilmore, who John is like Sun's fifth employee. Right. Uh, he actually ended up doing development for their Spark platform. He's a cypherpunk. He's yeah. one of the people who found, co-founded uh, EFF, right. as well as uh, does a lot of interesting things. Uh, he's, he's a character. Um, there's John Romkey, for FTP software. Um, Steve Crocker, who, who basically established a number of the early standards for the Internet.
0: So, so really it was a bunch of internet pioneers in the early days of the internet saying we want to make this public right we want to give normal people access to something only academicians have had access to
1: yes is that a word are you crazy yes it is <laughs> okay I didn't make that up academicians
0: oh I, yes I don't know about academicians okay. <laughs> I was talking about the internet
1: so yeah that was that was my intention I mean and and you known me long enough Leo that that and one of the things I pitch on the website is that I've been trying to establish Infrastructure that provides democratic communications. And I've so, met
0: Tim almost thirty years, <laughs> just so you know.
1: <laughs> Hence the wrinkles. You don't look
0: any. You don't look any freaking older. I'm truly, uh,
1: really thank you. Miffed at you. It's it's the
0: secret supplements.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the but bandwidth. So, so so that was an inspired thing. TLG. How how did that go? How did that work
1: for you? It it worked actually quite well. Um, the infrastructure that ended up being TLG's is actually now um, NTT's. Oh. So a lot of the ASN numbers and things like that, a lot of the backbone. Uh, NTT added, as in, is uh, as NTT's Japanese ASN, telecom. Yeah. It it well it got kind of gobbled up. Uh, TLG got gobbled up by Highway, which got gobbled up by Vario, which got gobbled up by NTT. And you that know, was
0: the story of internet service providers in <laughs> general. Oh yeah. I Big fish Jim, eating. Jim fish. Couch and the uh, CRL. Oh yeah. He?
1: Yeah. Jim, I haven't talked to him in ages. He got eaten up too. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. That, 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 was, that was an early idea of being able to at least try to provide access and bandwidth. And in fact, at those days in TLG, and if I can reminisce just for a second longer, is that we would, we would uh, allow you to dial up and stay permanently on the phone. Uh, a lot of these... Are you crazy? Yeah, <laughs> Right, you would you would have these things up nailed twenty four hours oh, a day on the on the modem. We had and a, such.
0: we had a, we'd write silly little software programs to stay keep alive to say ping the ping right. the modem, ping the modem. Don't <laughs> let me go. I want to stay here. Ping the modem. You so, still have to do that in some DSL installations. Oh yeah, there right. were plenty
2: of shareware programs yeah. flitting around for that. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And eventually, it would kick you off and such. Right. And this is this is ridiculous. Really so we, we people need to connect. People need to do their work and such. And it was very difficult at those times. Back then, you had to order a uh, connect with T ones and such um so you bought a bunch of
0: bandwidth uh, bandwidth at wholesale via say a t1 and
1: well the early days and, and that gets back to to this uh this point about the community net, broadband and such in the early days when we were buying bandwidth from uh at that point it was UUNET. it was like the first commercial isp mm-hmm, which was unit right. we were paying five thousand dollars a month to UUNET for the broadband at that point the last mile to get to us it, we had one t1 and that basically supplied pretty much all of our customers. Uh, you don't do much when you do telnet. You know, it's we didn't have yeah. graphics. Everyone's files, on the links
2: things. and tin and pine. Yeah, oh,
1: but the T one costs the T one costs is five hundred dollars a month. At this point in time, the competition for for transit for for internet has reduced that price at least a thousandfold. It's now five dollars a month to go out and get a megabit worth of bandwidth. Is that true, really? Yeah. And if it's not funny, more cuz I
0: was paying 600 bucks for the T1 and this cottage just until a couple Well, the of T1
1: ago. still costs that. Uh-huh. It's the last mile still yeah. is the bottleneck. Yeah. So you if we can somehow address this last mile and this is again what Bob and and everybody else is trying to figure out how to do and and push then we we have addressed a number of things. One is we've reduced the price to connecting the internet but we've also addressed a whole other uh, rainbow thing of things, which would be things like net neutrality. So if we can get an infrastructure deployed out there, sorry, I may have changed from, from reminiscing to kind of my, my hammer here. No,
0: I want you. <laughs> okay. Enough okay. reminiscing. Let's talk about the hammer.
1: Okay. Uh, or screwdriver, whatever you have when it to, for the tool that you're aiming for. But if we can get in an infrastructure that is neutrally owned, and, and we'll have to discuss how we can do that so that, for instance, you as a customer that's at a particular street address in a, in, a, in a city can be able to call up and say, I want A to be my internet provider, I want B to be my video provider, and I want C oh. to be my, my VoIP provider. Wouldn't that be awesome? Right. Well,
2: and I, I want um, a choice of 20 A's. Right. You know? Exactly. I don't want two.
1: Exactly, And well, one's
2: 1.5 megabits and the other's 50. We've talked about that as the solution
0: to the net neutrality issue, is competition would solve the issue. Yes. Because it'd always be somebody like you, Tim, and TLG, that was willing to let people, you know, have... Yeah connect and, connect
2: and that's whatever. why aol yeah. didn't become the only way people connected to the internet is because you had right. lots of other dial-up right to and people realized oh there's a lot of other stuff out there than than in this little walled garden
1: right and they they had a very very narrow view of what your vision of what right. the internet was and so yeah of course they're gonna go by the way of dinosaurs and such that's what i hope to see for the incumbents at this point to some degree it's Comcast, that, Verizon. Whoever, you know the Arbaugh or or ATT. not necessarily the Celix, but mainly the the people who actually own the the wire that gets into your house, and it's typically two, as you say, it's usually the Arbaugh or the cable company that that does that. Right. Um, and because of that, and you know, I'm you've probably already heard this pitch. We have a duopoly, and we have an artificially raised price. The the concerns we have of late are things like, for instance, the Comcast Universal NBC merger, the Comcast versus layer, uh, Level Three. Net neutrality concerns, things like that—all of that can go away mm. if I have a pipe here that goes to Twit Cottage College Cottage, excuse me—that goes back to a data center where, as you say, you have thirty or forty different providers that I can pick. And I can say, "Gee, I don't like the way that um, Comcast is treating my bits. Uh, they're limiting my access to Netflix or whatever they're doing and such. I want to be able to get somebody else, and I can do that at the flick of a button." So that's what the vision is at this point. This is one of the things that we're trying to push for at various communities. Um, Lafayette, Louisiana just came out with a, I don't know if you've seen them, but they have their own city-owned fiber deployment. At this point, they've, they've gone about halfway in the direction that I'd like to see in the, in, in the fact that you can, if you want, get a pipe from, uh, from one house to another and, and buy that from Lafayette, Louisiana. But they are limited to the fact that you can only buy one video service from, and it has to be from them. And they're doing that because they they want to be able to cover their return on, on investment well,
0: quicker. Isn't that why these duopolies existed in the first place? Because the FCC or whoever said, look, you're going to put in copper. It's expensive. You've got to be able to amortize the cost. So we're going to give you a monopoly.
1: Sure. I mean, there was there was other reasons, too. I mean, for instance, with, with AT&T, they did it also...
0: <clears throat> for Excuse reliability me. and consistency and also to, of service. And
1: well, numbers. also to support the military infrastructure and such, too, as well. So a, a lot of military communications and such went over the old AT&T long uh-huh. too. So it was, it was not only funding the individuals, mm-hmm. but funding over other government Purposes that they you know want that, that. So it was that's a part of this interest.
2: argument that doesn't get addressed often enough. I don't, I don't think is everyone wants to compare this to telephones or, or sometimes roads or whatever. But what we're talking about here is different because the military is fine because the backbones are fine and the military connects to their to the backbones directly. They don't have to subscribe to Comcast or AT and T. Right. Uh, what we're talking about is a much smaller slice of this whole infrastructure that is is dominated. By a small number of players, right?
1: Well, and and in the case of like living in San Francisco, there's there's one one cable provider. There's actually another half a cable provider there. There was a company called R C N, big cable provider oh, that was yes. on the East Coast at one point. Mr. Paul Allen uh, happened to own a chunk of that. Did they? Yeah, uh-huh. he he had that R C N deployed about fifteen percent of the city of San Francisco. Then they went through two bankruptcies mm. uh, again. So,
0: Mr. Paul Allen. <laughs>
1: Uh, and so they they got stuck. So there wasn't really any sort of competition that ha- ended up in San Francisco. And of course, the only other, you know, provider there would be the Arbaugh, which would be AT and T, Pac Bell, whatever they call themselves this week,
2: or satellite. I mean, that's your, your only other choice than a satellite for television.
1: For for television, or over right.
2: the air, I guess you should say. Well, well true.
1: Yeah, cut yeah. cut the link. But uh, I'm. I'm less concerned about the content. I'm more concerned about IP yeah, yeah. at this point. You know, how do you get IP from point A to point B? And if it's going to be limited by just two providers, you're, you're going to be screwed. So there's a business plan that we put together, uh, actually a couple of folks of ours uh, put together, and I can show it to you as well. But we wanted to pitch, this, this went back to when City of San Francisco was looking at um, wireless. I don't know if you remember the Google Earth link yep. uh, debacle oh, and such. There. God. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> um, Mayor Newsom actually had some interest in, uh, fervent interest in trying to get this wireless cloud all through San Francisco. This is spawned somewhat by the Google brother, uh, Google partners, as well as uh, uh, One Economy, which uh, sort of convinced him to, uh, the Newsom to do this. Unfortunately, it wasn't really well thought out technically, uh, and the way that he sort of ramrod it through, the a lot of the board of supervisors were not happy with the the way that it was done. And I was able to look at it and say, "This is a really sort of poor implementation." And I started working with the board of supervisors to push and late delay, delay this long enough until Google Earth like realized that they couldn't figure out how to, how to pull this off. You were right, and they they finally fell through. Um, but in the meantime, I discovered that the city had a ton of fiber. They have abandoned fiber. They have really? fiber that they pulled. They've had uh, fiber that they, you know, by hook or by crook, put through like um, um, uh, light rail systems, right. things like that. And when you're okay. when you're doing that, I'm yeah. sure
0: New York has fiber in the subways. When you're laying right. stuff right. down there,
1: exactly. might as well
0: put some fiber in.
1: San Francisco is is relatively unique because you have a relatively dense population, and the amount of fiber that you can put down actually. Uh, will benefit pretty quickly, whereas right. if you try to pull fiber in a rural area, like out in the middle right. of the forest and such, right. you're not going to benefit as many per- people like as most
0: urban areas have something similar. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, San Francisco is so. kind of interesting because it, it had a uh, you had a lot of tech companies too. That's also. true. So we had early companies like MFS and such that actually sort of tried to leverage that right. and such and pull a lot of fiber and such. So it ended up that the city of San Francisco had this, and I said, well, you know what? You may think about, and I suggested a sort of a business plan that would basically follow the standard ISO layers for networks. And if everybody knows this, there's seven layers to a network. Uh, The first layer is kind of the physical layer. The second layer is typically called the link layer. The physical layer is usually copper, wax paper, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) fiber. Uh, And then the, the second layer is usually like the color of the light that goes over the fiber or ethernet frames and things like that. Third layer is usually internet, internet protocol and such. And so, I suggested to them that they could look at doing kind of a business now, whether they're going to do this or not, we'll have to see, but uh, there seems to be some interest in this in looking at this um, they're, uh, so the city of San Francisco would run basically the fiber, and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but you know this is something we're entertaining um, they can, They know how to dig up the streets, they know how to fuse the fiber uh, having a non profit would be That's interesting would be the next layer up. Mm-hmm. Would be uh, the people who create these virtual circuits all over the all over San Francisco, so if you have fiber at your house, you would have a vLAN or some sort of pipe that or, or virtual pipe that goes between your house and maybe the layer three provider so again, as you would be a, a resident of San Francisco or a business owner or something, you would call up a provider that shows up at a data center that's in San Francisco where this fiber terminates, and you could say uh, I'd like to order, um, well, Sonic or or whoever. Isn't this a
0: nightmare though? Because you have all these layers, these jurisdictions, and
1: well, you only only are dealing with two in the, within the city of San Francisco. You're dealing with the physical layer, and then this nonprofit this that creates these virtual yeah. circuits. And, and then and the, the next layer up is the is the, the third parties. Is it be yeah. Yeah. like Dane's company or right. whoever? Is the yeah. phys,
2: you know because when you talk about the fact that Mayor Newsom tried to and, and, and this was repeated in Arizona and Pennsylvania all over the place. Pittsburgh
1: was the yeah, kind Pittsburgh, of the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh the was first. Was
2: very famous. Yep. Uh, you've got governments who really don't know what they're doing. Is that okay to put them in charge of the physical layer? I,
1: I think they're they're sufficient for the physical layer because they actually have expertise in this area and it's, particularly it's the physical infrastructure. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. pipes, right? they they know i mean they can run water and they can and do you know they do oh. even some of them even do power and things Physician like that land, yeah. in fact lafayette construction uh yeah. was leveraging off their power company it's a municipally owned power company and so when they had to run fiber everywhere they they were leveraging off the same pathways so i, I you know d- does water get to your house yeah. Were you able yeah, to yeah. flush the toilet occasionally
2: that usually, usually means... Usually when I can't, it's not the city's fault. Yeah. <laughs> that so, actually is a series of tubes, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It> literally <is. laughs> That part is so not if, a truck. <laughs> if
1: that's relatively reliable, they can usually pull this thing off. And again, what I want, what I'd like to see, and this is where I differ from Bob a little bit, is that I'd like to see this as a business that has to compete with every other provider. So I don't want to see the incumbents disappear. I want to see the incumbents actually try to force competition and see that the city um, actually has to stay ahead of the curve too. I don't want them to get complacent.
0: Of course it was the incumbents that 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 hurt Pittsburgh's efforts and so forth because they said you comp- the city's competing with us.
1: There, well, there is, and the, the more recent version
2: of that is in North Carolina, where they're trying to pass a state law outlawing municipalities from putting in their own networks. Right. I there, think there's, there's been a federal attempt to do that as well. There's me? a
1: lot of that. In fact, every time we usually have an open meeting on these sort of things, usually the incumbents will show up with their lawyers or PR folks and such. And there has been various states that have been passed laws that restrict municipalities of having these sort of services. But then you look at places... Um, like uh, Project Utopia, which started off rather poorly in in uh, in Utah, but is actually doing quite well now that it's it's turned around. There's another project called um, Project Three Ninety Five, which has just just got investments, where they're going to be putting fiber from basically Reno all the way down the Owens Valley uh, corridor all the way back down to Santa uh, to uh, L.A. Wow! And that is going to be a for-profit sort of venture as well. Uh, so I think that. There's a lot of examples where this does succeed. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'd like to see San Francisco do this. I'd like to see other municipalities do this sort of thing. I'm a little concerned about how you do this in a pure um, uh, tax tax the 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 property owners and fund it much like you would do for streets and such. Because it's you know Bob Bob mentions. And actually, I had a rather long discussion with him just before I came in here today. I, I called him up and said, "What are your points?" and "And um, how can I <laughs> how can I thrash him?" <laughs> but, but his his point on on uh, can we just have property taxes fund this? I think goes so far. I think it, the problem is is that how do you how do you stay competitive? A road really doesn't have that much um, technological change over over the years.
2: And right? um, bandwidth on roads is notoriously poor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not only half joking. I mean, that part of it oh, no, is but, right. but that solves the rights-of-way issue. Yeah. It really, yeah. it,
0: it is it is municipal infrastructure, really, yeah. Right? right?
2: Yeah, But if there was a little competition to spur road improvements and, and, and maintenance...
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I can again, see where I, that would be a good thing. How do you how do you put more traffic down a road? I mean, you still have these units called the cars. starts to break down. Yeah, I, I'd like to see the point where, if if uh, if there's a new technology, in other words, instead of just giving a gigabit to the home, can I get 10 gigabits to the home? Well, if if a city owned completely that infrastructure, they may just sort of sit back on their laurels and just say, uh-huh. okay, one gigabit is it. Well. Wouldn't it be great if for instance the Twit college had 10 or cottage had 10 gigabits you wouldn't have to worry about right. offsourcing outsourcing your uh, your streaming I mean, We, we do kind of, kind
0: of what you're talking about because we have four or five internet service providers we 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 get You're we, lucky. Yeah, we aggregate yeah. because we have many choices. We have Covad, we have DSL Extreme, we have SonicNet, we have Comcast. Yeah. Well, and you and you notice three of At them AT&T.
2: are DSL. Yeah. And one of them is is, right. is cable. So yeah, it's still all the it's still the, the duopoly. Company. It's yeah. just you know, one of them's the yeah, uh, yeah is yeah. the, do you, the DSL. Copy. Do you have a
1: do you have a CLEC in here as well or?
2: Uh, what's a CLEC? I
1: mean, like uh, Sonic or somebody like that.
0: Doing our phones?
1: Oh no no no! Just for broadband. Yeah, we have Sonic. Oh, Okay, yeah. great. Sonic so, does
0: an EFM solution in here. COVAD good, good. does a T1, DSL Extreme does DSL, AT and T does ISDN, yeah. and Comcast does DOCSIS three.
1: So, <laughs> the, you're in a you're in a, I'm, It's nice to know that you're in Petaluma. And I've, I guess, I've got a Verizon
2: <laughs> MiFi and a Sprint Overdrive. <laughs> and we use you a lot of three G. <laughs> uh,
1: you don't quite have the selection in most of the community and uh, most of the well, You do if in you San San spend the
0: money. To be honest, I'm yeah. sure you can go to COVAD, I'm sure you. But but as as Tom pointed out, the copper pair is coming from. The and yeah. right. And the uh, cable is coming from Comcast. And right. really, there's only two companies providing the infrastructure right. there. But you we would, do you have would, that kind of layered system that you were talking about in some yes. ways.
1: And that benefits us. It would, it would be interesting to see. I know Sonic was looking at doing wireless at one point. Or, they
0: do a little bit of it, but yeah. yeah. But one of Tim's uh, other projects was BayWug, the Bay Area Wireless Users Group.
1: That, that was, yes. Yeah.
0: And uh, I know you're an advocate of... Now, are you still an advocate of wireless? Oh, engineers? yeah. So, no, certainly. Whatever, whatever it works.
1: <laughs> we're, we're actually, um, well, one, one project we did, uh, or I did just recently, about a year ago, is uh, the Farallon Islands. Did I tell you about those? No. So the Farallon Islands.
0: They don't really need internet access for the SEALs, do they? Um, That's why it's so easy to serve
1: them. Well, <laughs> actually, in your town, there's an organization called Point Reyes Burbs. I know them, yes. And they manage the Farallon Islands. They're 50 kilometers off the coast of San Francisco. And they really didn't have a way to be able to effectively communicate back to the city of San Francisco or the, or the mainland in general. So they had to, um, they were looking at satellite solutions. They had, in order for them to communicate, they actually have to walk up to the top of the lighthouse, open up their next telephone because none of the other services were working and that's how they make phone calls. So if they have an emergency, yeah. it's a bit of a problem. Uh, Academy of Science, California Academy of Science was interested in putting a high, uh, well, wasn't really high quality it's, an, it's being a standard definition camera and be able to stream it back to one of their exhibits so uh, they hired me and we put in a 5.8 gig link uh, a Wi-Fi link that goes between city of San Francisco and, and out to the Fairland Islands and now they have VoIP and they download Hulu and and watch. And, in fact, maybe is I'll it, is, that it a,
2: is it a directional thing like that Pringles can kind of hack? It isn't quite the Pringles. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
1: a little larger. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a giant Pringles
2: can. <laughs> it's, it's a giant Pringles.
1: It's a couple four foot dishes. Fun that, size. Yeah, uh, but that. So wireless. Costco. <laughs> so wireless is it's, it's just one of the one of the great tools. I mean, uh, Bob actually, going back to Bob a little bit, he he likes to point out the Fairlawn's one because. It's a situation where you own the link. Uh-huh. There's no recurring cost to that now, so we don't have to pay Hughes Satellite or whoever else to to provide bandwidth at five hundred dollars a month now. It's basically this free internet connection or free broadband. Excuse me, I should follow my own lecture here. Yeah, uh, that goes between the Farallon Islands and the city of San Francisco, where it can get touched down to possibly internet, but it can also get backhauled directly back to the Golden Gate Park where the California Academy of Sciences is. So. It's it's just one of the tools. Uh, back in the early days of TLJ, we were always trying to figure out how to do, address last mile. We were looking at you know ten gig microwave systems that a guy named Glenn Elmore was developing uh, with amateur radio and such. And and you know door, I don't know if you've ever seen these little microwave door openers when you walk into sh- grocery stores. Mm-hmm. They're great, actually, little microwave radios that you can communicate across. Really? And such. Yeah,
0: you can set up a mesh with them.
1: Yes. So uh, one of the things that we're looking at um, that uh, we're trying to work with the city of San Francisco on is can we, with some of these fibers, can you drop these at various locations around the city of San Francisco and run protocols like OpenMesh and start creating maybe that original idea or that original intention of the Google Earth link thing, but maybe the protocols and the, and the, and the technology is actually there to start doing this again. So it's something we're going to start playing with at this point.
0: What about a call to action? I mean, uh, why aren't we doing this? How can we do this? What can we do to facilitate this? Uh, if people watching all over the world want to make this happen?
1: Well, I, I, I think the only way to do it, I mean, I don't... I, don't, I just believe in
0: grassroots. I think the Internet belongs yeah. in the hands of the people. Obviously, government and industry are going to screw the hell out of it. So maybe, maybe local government won't because at least they're accountable to the local constituencies in the way federal governments well, aren't.
1: Right, and and so you have this. Obviously, capitalism hasn't really jumped in to try to address this problem, no. particularly the last mile. You have
2: capitalism has very little to do with internet. Uh, well, I think there's money well, it, made, in, but only in dense populations. Well, but the, there's know. all yeah. of these false monopolies and duopolies that have been granted right. over the years. There's not certainly
1: on the last mile, and again, this is the broadband part, yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. The the we have really good competition. Again, there's like a thousand one or ten thousand one drop in the cost of bandwidth because we have competition at at the at the, at the transit level. level yeah. The, yeah.
2: Yeah, and there's yeah. there's no there's tons of bandwidth available. Right. Minnesota Internet Traffic Studies constantly putting out things saying, "Look, there's no there's no shortage of bandwidth." It's yeah. dark
1: fiber though a lot yeah. of
2: it it's not lit, right? right um,
1: and but you need to get that into the home. So if if the two incumbents aren't going to do that, in fact, they're going to play during. They don't want to do it. No, right. it's
2: against their interest, too.
1: If they're if they're going to do things like legislate to prevent municipalities from being able to do this, I think the municipalities need to start getting their act together and sort of shortcutting that as soon as possible, getting grassroots contingent uh, uh, population to be able to say, "No, we're not going to allow the incumbents to be able to prevent us from choosing and having access to the internet." So, having you know, if if a small little town. To a, a large city like New York City or or San Francisco or or Chicago or whoever, if you can get a, enough, uh, you know, ball rolling enough enough critical mass with the population, I think that that can stop that. And then the cities also need to start looking at their own infrastructure. The infrastructure already is there, in in at least the past
2: mm-hmm.
1: Pulling the fiber is relatively cheap. You know, there is the cost in digging it up, the fiber itself is relatively cheap, but a lot of these places have existing conduits. There was a company called Wiltel at one point, which was Williams Gas at one point, and they figured out they have all these great pathways. It just happens to be gas lines. Mm -hmm. So they pulled fiber through the gas lines. Brilliant. So the city could be doing the same thing through sewer systems. Um, Tom Amiano, uh, which was our one Supervisor, of our supervisors down
0: Indiana, there, San Francisco, yeah,
1: yeah. He pitched this thing to say, "Listen, we have a hundred-year-old sewer system here. We need to replace it. When we replace it,
0: please put yeah. a
1: couple four-inch conduits in there and yeah. put and pull fiber.
0: Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, let's take a break. I want to come okay, back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Posar is our guest. He is a community internet, uh, community broadband advocate. Let's say, uh, let's say broadband. I'm not sure what the difference is. Maybe you can explain. Um, and uh, talking about, I think, something that's really important, a call to action for all of us, which is taking the Internet back. And i tell you why I care about it, because, uh, uh, frankly, uh, with bandwidth caps, uh, with um, uh, content filtering, with the kinds of things our current Internet providers are doing, and, with frankly, with the lack of competition and, apparently, the lack of interest in government in uh, fixing this problem, uh, we could end up with, as Tim Wu predicts, an Internet that is not public, that is controlled by private uh, interests, and is not the beneficial um, thing that we all need and want. So uh this is this is yet another way we 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 cover this all the time with everybody we talk to in another way we can take charge of uh, our um destiny by taking charge of the internet. So we're going to talk more about that in just a bit. You know who else cares about a free and open uh, internet squarespace.com. Uh, I know I've talked to Dane Atkinson and Anthony Castellana and the guys at Squarespace. They're in this business because they believe the internet is a democratizing force and having your own webpage is where that all begins. Squarespace makes it easy. We don't want the uh, internet just to be the province of the technical elite either. We want anybody who has something to say to have access to the internet, and that's what Squarespace does. It is both hosting and software, very affordable but very high quality. In fact, all you have to do is go to squarespace.com/triangulation and take a look at the examples. You see the amazing things people are doing with Squarespace sites. No two Squarespace sites look alike. Yeah, they all start with incredible templates, but we're not talking the kind of, cr- frankly, the kind of crap that you get from your uh, your internet service provider. We're talking about amazing templates that can be fully customized to meet your exact needs and features galore. Uh, plugins for all the major social networks, so it's very easy to add your social presence, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Flickr, your Pandora, your LinkedIn, right into your page, any RSS feed, in fact, a fantastic iPhone and iPad app that makes it easy to post content, but also to moderate it, and the ability to import and export data from all the major blog APIs. You're never stuck at Squarespace, but you're always able to move your data around freely. That's very important. Photo galleries, forums, form building, editing, it's the greatest. Try it free right now. Go to squarespace.com slash triangulation. Click, click, click the green button. You don't even have to give them a credit card. You can have a full site for the next two weeks absolutely free. Give you a sense of what Squarespace can do. Give you a chance to set up that first site and and, uh, and put your name in lights on the Internet. Squarespace.com slash triangulation. Try it today. We thank them for their support for our show. So, So, Tim... It's. I mean, when you talk about having the municipalities do it, I think that's that's great. But I would like to know what it, and this was. Bob Frankston said is well, what just you know have your um, your your condo association do it? Is that possible too, or do you think it's better to start with the city?
1: I I like his his approach and the fact that he, what he's trying to do is he's trying to ana- uh, give an analogy of of that infrastructure. Right. So
0: in a small scale way. Right. Yeah.
1: And so having I, I live in a um, an area in in. Mill Valley, where it's owned by this service district. And so I would love to, in fact, we've been talking to him about saying, can we pull our own fiber to our own houses and such? And be able, it's a small place, you know, you know if we could just do that and then have it stub out on the street someplace, and then we worry about trying to connect that to AT&T. Bob, Bob's looking at that. And, you know, his his demonstration of just using this to a 10-unit apartment right. complex shows that you can do this and there's very little recurring costs or recurring costs that you have to pay for right. to, for this infrastructure. Once the copper gets in, it usually doesn't crap out. It usually continues to work. And, but you and do such. pay
0: for a technical person to...
1: You will, you know, and, and or somebody could do that themselves. So, for instance, if they need IT help or whatever to be able to connect to that, they can hire somebody to do right. that for that connection and such. But you've just reduced the last 10 feet Right. We need to re- figure out how to reduce the last hundred feet. We need I to reduce the last thousand feet. Um, so does t- does Bob's analogy work that way? A lot of people are trying to figure that this out. Google came out, and you probably saw this. Yeah, uh, Topeka
0: is going to get gigabit Ethernet. Those sons of
1: right. Kansas
2: City.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, Kansas. Yeah, Topeka doesn't get it. Yeah, they
2: renamed their name. Yeah, they, didn't.
0: they. I mean, Google Kansas didn't get it, but. Uh, and city, city does
1: well. They and there was a paper that Google wrote called "House with Tails" or "Homes with Tails" and such. And they were pitching the idea that when you buy a house, you also buy the fiber that goes oh, all the way I back that. to a data center. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do you think that's is this a, is this a pipe dream? I I think that's going to be a little difficult to no sell because into. when you when you own a property, you usually you understand that that border means that if a tree. Sh- falls down right. on that border. You have to go out and maintain that. Right. You have to mow the lawn, things like that. How do you address a fiber that goes down two blocks away yeah. that you own?
0: Yeah. No, that's so, a bad idea. So
1: it's... it's city they, has to own it. There's a lot of people that are sort of like banging this idea around. I appreciate Google's ideas right. on pushing this, you know, trying to explore different alternatives. But yeah, I agree. I think the city has to do it because, you know, capital... Uh, we haven't seen the competition go in there and jump to try to address this. I mean, I have to you know, give a tip of the hat to people like Dane who are trying to use existing infrastructure to do that. Dane
0: Jasper Sonic that you're
1: talking right. about. Yeah. Uh, the problem is is that the existing infrastructure is decaying and it's, right. it's a limited thing. His new effort on trying to do fiber at Stanford uh, is going to be a great demonstration product for him and be able to get him to be able to get some uh, expertise in how to do this. Maybe he'll think about how to do this within Petaluma or wherever right. else he's going to do this. Do you Rosa. think,
0: in your experience, do municipalities get this? Do they understand why it's a good thing for them to do, or does it just sound like something that uh, they they don't a, uh, a can of worms they don't want to open?
1: I've I've heard two opinions of this one, and it usually goes from the extreme where a City of San Francisco is relatively open to the idea, and um, but you go into various municipal districts or cities and things like that, who say no, we're going to be stopping competition. We can't right. jump into that because right. that's not government's role and responsibility.
2: But you're not stopping competition. This is the problem I have with the North Carolina law, which says, you know, the government can't compete. It's like you allow the cable company and the telco to continue to compete. You just have another player in the, in the system.
1: Right. Um, it's, it's a hard sell, and this is for a lot of people who are particularly uh, more... L- right wing i guess you'd say who are, who are more sort Conservatives of Conservatives don't yeah, like conservative, government yeah.
0: to get into the business realm and i'm sympathetic but there are, but look at somebody had to build roads it was a good analogy
2: right.
0: it's not going to be
2: private government runs a postal system that it's, there yeah. are private
1: competitors to
2: there's a package a, delivery there's a, there are things the
0: government can uh,
1: there was a point where do. the city of San Francisco actually had a commercial company supplying their water. It was uh, called Valley Spring, I think it was, at one point. And there was concern because Valley Spring couldn't address the needs of the city of, the population, uh, city of San Francisco's population right. at that point. So they took over those assets, which included basically Crystal Springs, things like mm-hmm. that. Oh, that, I think that was called Crystal Springs. So there's a point where competition just doesn't scale or work right. into these sort of Areas
2: And they tend to be infrastructure areas, which exactly. this is essentially yeah. an
0: infrastructure problem.
2: Honestly, I'd prefer to leave government out of it too if we can afford it, but I don't think we should put a restriction on... on- well. On starting and, new enterprises, and the sad like, thing is that the government has, in fact, is already yeah. made a mess of it. So
0: that those duopolies exist because yeah. this is my argument why uh, we we do need some sort of net neutrality regulation because government has already government created this uneven playing field. They need to level it at this point.
1: I I personally don't want to see this is the, the distinction between broadband and and internet. I I just personally don't want to see the city government or municipality provide. The television ah. or video or voice services. They're not the
0: content provider. No. They're merely the ba- the pipe.
1: They're the last mm-hmm. mile, which is not the, a thing that's getting addressed right, right now. Right. So, again, if we can... That's,
0: but that's an appropriate space for them to be in, I think. Yeah. That's infrastructure. You absolutely they don't want the, the government weighing
2: that, in on content. All the course. property that those conduits are going through is city-owned. It's yeah. city property. And if you think about it, I think maybe that's the pitch to private industry yeah. is say, look, the government's gonna
0: provide you with a way to make money. We're gonna support this infrastructure. Right. And you can
1: you can ride on this and make some money. Wouldn't it be nice for the that RCN or the or it's company called Astound right now, if we can go back to them and say, listen, you don't have to deploy infrastructure for the rest of the eighty five percent you're not connecting to in the city of San Francisco. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just go ahead and use this existing infrastructure? You don't have to go out and spend a billion dollars on capital outlay. Yeah. You can just start selling to customers right away.
2: Is Australia making a mistake with their national broadband? Because they, that's, that's going the other extreme. The entire country is going to be wired with fiber, yeah. run by a private company that's essentially a government-deigned monopoly.
1: I, this is the point where, again, I, I'd like to see the competition sort of at, at least there in some yeah. manner. You know, we're, at this point in time, they're, they're trying to replace areas that actually competition actually occurs. And I, for the city of San Francisco where competition isn't effectively using uh, or, or happening with the last mile, then they need to step in. So if, if the city of San Francisco was doing something like Lafayette, Louisiana, where they were selling video and cable, mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that, then I have a concern. Because I'm not
0: crazy about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Chattanooga where they've put in uh, gigabit. Todd's in uh, our chat room. He says, I get gigabit great and the municipality put in fiber the entire city of chattanooga was wired with fiber by their local public utility the electric power board city council proved it ate nothing in uh, 2007 it was an 800 million dollar mm-hmm. project but can, it
1: works can chad go out by the and, way and get can, somebody else as right well.
2: that's the issue right. yeah you don't want the government
0: the cable industry tried to sue this out of uh yeah
2: of, uh, and I think resistance. if Chattanooga puts in that I think and this I think is what you're saying if Chattanooga sure. puts in that infrastructure and right. then opens up those lines and say anybody can can connect including and, in the and incumbents provide, and provide service including Comcast, AT&T and whoever yeah. else wants to. Right. We're we're just making sure that gigabit is available. That's the ideal situation.
1: Right. That's that's the pitch. You're asking about the call to action. I want to see I want to see neighbors, I want to see communities be able to start working with city governments, start putting mailing lists together, start getting Town hall meetings, things like that, saying we want our not MTV, but we want our IP, yeah, uh, and be able to scream really loud about this because they're not getting addressed at this point. You know, with with the standard cable and and pack bill offering or or our Bach offering.
2: Do you think wireless ever gets so good that we don't need to run these wires? Because no. I don't think it ever does. No, I think wires always are going to be better.
1: Well, I mean, for instance, you look at one strand of fiber. I can put 100 gigabits through that it's very difficult to do that with you know seven hundred megahertz worth of spectrum or whatever that we 're going to have for um, this like for instance the white space spectrum mm-hmm. that that just got allocated at this point that's that's only several hundred megabits worth of or megahertz worth of spectrum we can 't do ten gigabits through that if I want to be able to do another ten gigabits, I light up another wave on that fiber or I draw another piece of fiber down mm. so spectrum is Unfortunately, kind of limited by Shannon's law in that respect, um, and this is something that actually Bob sort of pushes back on, saying, "Well, technology will figure out another way of dealing with it." But really, it's much cheaper just to pull another piece of fiber or light up another wavelength, instead. So
0: fiber is the solution. Yeah. Tim Posar is at lns.com dot com. That's his uh, eng. Would you call yourself engineering consultancy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for for telecommunications. Telecommunications. Yeah. And, uh, he also, he also blogs there and you can read about him and his projects and also about the San Francisco broadband proposal. That's all on LNS.
1: Oh yeah. That uh, in fact that what you're showing there is the, uh, the path that we did to the Fairlands.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's the, the thing that this we is proposed Barwin. to the city. Yeah. And where's the path to the Fairlands? Oh, go back there. This is talking about the, oh, 50 uh,
0: kilometer path over the water. Wow.
1: This is, uh, Ubiquity rockets. We did a presentation for Nanog for that. Um, and, uh, this is how you treat the a Nanog radios. delegate. No, I'm just a member.
0: You are a member, though. Yeah. I, I, I got to keep you in mind because any any time we need to talk about the you know issues like the that uh, that issue over Netflix and Level Three and all of oh, that. Oh yeah. yeah. You'd be a good guy to have.
1: I, on actually, our I actually ended team. up taking Comcast side a little bit on that Did one you really? too. Did <laughs> yes. okay. Well, it Level Three basically kind of changed the game. Uh-huh. Changed what. And they were trying to game the system, uh, at least my perception of it. I, do you know Glenn Fleshman? Yeah. Yeah, so Glenn and I actually talked quite a bit about this, and he, he called me up, and, and I sort of tried to calm people down because immediately they, they said it was the NN word, you know, the network <laughs> neutrality thing. And I'm saying, well, no, I think Level 3 is just not playing fair here. I don't think anybody on either side was actually really clear. Well, it
2: sounded like, well, Comcast never plays fair. So we just so assumed they're level not going to play fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: which isn't fair. Yeah, so <laughs> these are interesting. These but ubiquity that,
0: rockets; those are really cool.
1: They're they're excellent. They're um, wow. You can go if, thirty-five and I, kilometers, and I don't get paid by these guys. But they're like eighty bucks as opposed to going what? out, you know, for these radios. And we were looking at uh, the Fairlands link, and we were looking at hundred thousand dollar you know radios to try to get these links going and such. It, and this, plus this that is. kind of dish in the corner, got us 50 kilometers. It's better it than the Pringles can. Yeah, yes. Is. Well, the Pringles can wouldn't quite make it. No. How much is the dish? <laughs> uh, I think the dishes run around, well, they can go for between three to $500 or so. What? It's That's nothing. Yeah, the, dish, the dishes are like 10 times the cost as the radio. So you
0: wired is, the Fairlawns 50 kilometers out to sea. Yes.
1: Well, it's it's just, I can send you pictures. Wire, he wire them. <laughs> wirelisted wirelisted them. Wireless of them, yeah.
0: And what kind of bandwidth can they get?
1: Uh, they, Megabit? No, we we give them, It's about twenty megabits. Jeez, out there, like that. So they they have a they have better internet connection than most people in San Francisco. Do. No kidding. Yeah. So they're quite happy about getting you know seeing the soccer games and such out there at night. Nice, Tim.
0: I want to make you our unofficial network expert and guru.
1: Oh, thank I. Do I get knighted? Uh,
0: you get knighted. Sir Tim Pozar. <laughs> get fez LNS.com. We'll give you a fez. There you go. You can well, wear, thank you. You can wear a magic fez. <laughs> uh, but we need somebody like you who talks common sense, who understands the deep issues involved and can make them clear. So Ring really, anytime. Really glad that uh, you came up. I've known Tim for so long.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, he's always a, a great, inspiring I'm impressed with your
1: operations fellow. here, uh, Leo. Pretty this, cool, huh? Yeah. This is this is sweet from back in the days when I knew you and, well, you know, Ages ago.
0: I, I often say this, everybody who was ever in radio always said someday I'll own a radio station. And I realized that bottom line, all that means is I just don't want anybody to tell me what the hell to do. <laughs> so I said, well, I don't need to own a radio station. I just need a microphone and the Internet.
1: Well, I, I admire the infrastructure you put together, the team that you have here. What a great team, yeah, I have to say. That's remarkable. It's great.
0: Yeah. So Thank you, Tim, for being here. I really appreciate it. LNS.com. We will talk a lot more, I'm sure, because uh, now that we know where to find you. And you're just down the road a piece. Yeah, you'll, you'll your email. <laughs> will ring off drive the hook. <laughs> yeah. There's so many questions we get, and and, and it's hard sometimes to find the uh, the technical answers that we uh, we need. Tom Merritt, thank you so much. I think uh, coming up, I'm not sure who's coming up. Eileen, who's coming? Furt. up? Twirt. No, I know what's coming oh. up next on this network. Oh, next week. I don't next know. Next week, do we have a guest? Michael Robertson. Oh, oh nice. yes, of MP3.com. Yeah, and MP3 tunes. Yeah, and very Lindos. interesting. We'll talk about. Uh, Amazon's cloud stream and whether that's whether he thinks that's legal because he got shut down pretty quick (laughs) he'll probably go yeah it was legal
2: when I did it why is it (laughs) still legal it's still legal
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining us we do this show every Wednesday when we have a great guest like Tim at 4pm pacific 7pm eastern live.twit.tv but it is a podcast that means you can watch it anytime by going to twit.tv slash TRI subscribe to the RSS or visit the iTunes or Zoom stores and you'll find it uh, there as well Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Triangulation.